On this episode, we sit down with Amber Paff of Amber and Amethyst as we dive into bringing the ideas of holistic health into a small market. Welcome back to another episode of Be Epic. We're sitting down here um, today with Amber from Amber and Amethyst. Did yep. I say that correctly? Yep, that's how you pronounce it, Amethyst, like the stone. Well, perfect. So why don't we just start off with you giving us a little bit of background about who you are and kind of in, in your business there. Yeah, um, so I founded Amber and Amethyst back in 2017. Um, I am actually a psychic medium. Uh, Reiki master. Um, I have a whole bunch of talents in that holistic field. So I wanted to open up um, my own business basically to provide those services for others. Um, I'd grown up my whole life knowing I had these abilities and um, wanted to do something useful with them, but wasn't sure what direction to take that. Um, So I actually joined a bartering site earlier in 2017 called Simbi.com. Um, I had just seen an ad on Facebook and I decided to join because bartering, you know, you provide some services and you can use their credits to get whatever services from somebody else that you want. And I was like, oh, well, that sounds cool. So after getting more involved in the community um, and kind of learning more about myself and, you know, I started off offering like crochet lessons because <laughs> that was a skill that I had at that time. Um, just something simple like that. And I started meeting other people in that holistic field like psychics and you know, asking them questions um, about how they run their business. And, you know, it was really great information. I mean, I had to pay to get the information basically um, through their bartering credits, but um, it it was a really great resource for me. Um, So eventually I started practicing my own skills and offering psychic readings on that site. And I was doing up to like six or eight readings a week. And, you know, I had a a ton of credits because I didn't even know what to spend that stuff on then. (laughs) You know, I was the one giving all the services and everything on that bartering site, but nothing to spend it on. Um, So I actually started building my business there. Um, They had a lot of stuff, resources for people who wanted to open a business, like, you know, writing up a business model and kind of making some of those professional documents for you. So finally found a place to spend all my credits. You know, I came up with the idea. Um, I got my Reiki certification then locally, um, not on the bartering site, um, but um, just kind of getting the experience in the field and then deciding, you know, I can I can really do this. Um, I enjoy it. Um, that's that's how I got started. Yeah. And so you mentioned uh, the holistic background. When is that something like kind of go into a little bit more about like, what does that even mean for, you know, for the listeners that are like, they kind of picked up on it, but are like, what? Yeah. wait, what did you just say? Yeah, what What the heck is Reiki? Um, I, I honestly didn't know what Reiki was until, you know, a couple months before actually getting certified. Um, but holistic medicine is kind of a better name for it. But, you know, anything you don't really get in a hospital, um, more natural Eastern, you know, Chinese medicine kind of stuff. Um, essential oils fall under that category. Um you know, working with chakras, like your energy centers. I mean, chiropractic is a holistic practice. Acupuncture is a holistic practice. Um, Anything where you're not really ingesting like 
you know, pills and things like that, doctor prescribed necessarily. Um, but that's not to say that hospitals, you know, aren't practicing holistic stuff anymore. Um, I know for a fact that Mayo Clinic here in La Crosse actually does offer Reiki through their um, holistic or their uh, integrative therapies program. Um, but Reiki itself is actually energy healing. So, I mean, I mentioned chakras and the energy centers of the body, and it kind of helps to work, relieve um, anxiety and depression, kind of some mental, emotional issues. Um, it's often paired with massage, but it is not massage. But um, it's it's a Japanese technique of relaxation, basically. So When did you kind of figure out or, or have the realization and kind of that, that moment where you realized you had these skills? I always knew I had like the psychic abilities and my mom had always told me that I have healing prayers. Like when I pray to God, you know, it, it would heal her. And I grew up very religious. I mean, very, very Catholic family. And, you know, a lot of our stuff was centered around that. Um, so I'd always been told that there was kind of something special about me, which <laughs> isn't everybody, but, um, you know, there was something to it. And, you know, little by little, I would just get like these signs that, hey, you know, there is something to this. I need to be there for people who need my help because I can actually help them. What was that like? Was that something you held on to for a while? Was it, did you like wonder like, am I crazy? Am I like, oh, yeah. what was that like for you internally? Oh yeah. I definitely think I'm crazy still sometimes. Um, it blows my mind. Like when I get finished with a Reiki session and the person comes out and to me, sometimes it doesn't even feel like I'm doing anything. Like I'm just sitting there like saying, okay, I'm helping you. I'm healing you, you know, over and over in my head. And you know, those scripts that I go through and I just feel like, did I actually do anything? And the person comes out of the room and we kind of, you know, debrief. And they're just like, that was amazing. Like even this Saturday I had a um, client who was in and she's like, I don't know what you did when you had your hands on my feet, but I just felt everything go and I feel so light on my feet and I feel relaxed. And I'm like, wow, like we have this thing called imposter syndrome that we talk about a lot um, as psychics because you feel like you're just kind of making stuff up sometimes and you're not, I mean, you're really getting these messages, but you feel like you're not. And these people are able to validate it. And, you know, dealing with that imposter syndrome, it's kind of hard, but there is something to it. There really is. So you, you own your own business. You also work full time. You're a full time mom. Um, how do you balance all of this? Very carefully. <laughs> um, I have a really awesome support network. Um, my husband's always supported me through everything that I do. Um, but I do work full-time at a dairy plant. Um, I'm a supervisor, and that was actually a big factor in opening up my own business. Um, you know, I've been groomed for years to be in management and manage people, and I love process improvement and Lean Six Sigma. So, I mean, it was a natural step to open up my own business. Um, so I think gaining the skills that I had in corporate America really helped influence my decision to open a business. Um, but again, balancing all that, I mean, any time that I have not working is spent either, you know, with the family, like I have to set the time aside to be with the family and then, okay, now I have to do this for my business. Um, a lot of it's just like the Facebook marketing stuff and 
you know, keeping up my social profile and keeping in the back of people's minds because the business kind of runs itself after a while once you create like your online booking stuff. Um, so it's not too hard to maintain once you figure out how to actually establish the business and kind of get it to run on autopilot. But there's all that online marketing that's <laughs> that takes a lot of time. So, Do you remember the moment that you kind of decided like, hey, I'm going to go for this. You've, you had done some other things. You had some other endeavors before. So kind of, you know, maybe spending the money and, and kind of taking the time wasn't necessarily the factor, but to, to open up your own business and go like, I'm going to put myself out there. You know, when you start doing it for other clients, like it's, a, it's way different than doing it for, you know, friends and family. And that comes that added pressure. Do you remember that moment that you're like, we're going to do this? Yeah. Um, it was actually right when I decided that I wanted to get certified in Reiki. I felt like I had a broad enough range of services to offer to clients. Um, you know, with just doing psychic readings, I didn't think that was going to be enough to actually get clients and, you know, make a profit on whatever I was spending on my website and things like that. Um, but I knew once I added enough services um, that I could offer, that's the point where I could open up my own business. What was that conversation like with your husband? Did he, like you said he was supportive, but was there any pushback on that or was it whatever you want to do? Like, let's go make this work. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, I just kind of talked about like, this is my plan. I mean, I get everything going in my head and I plot it out all perfectly before I even bring it up to him. And I mean, everything short of like creating a PowerPoint presentation is what I had for him. <laughs> right. Um, I even had the name. It was, um, pretty cool. And, his reaction wasn't like, yeah, go get it. it. He's a very quiet, like, man of few words. So it was like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> but that's his support. And, you know, over the last 11 years that we've been together, so, I mean, I've come to realize that's a, okay, yeah, that's a really great idea. So it was kind of about interpreting his language, too. What was that first session like with, with somebody that you didn't know that was going to exchange money for your services oh it was completely nerve-wracking I was so nervous I mean back to that imposter syndrome right like <laughs> you know I've only worked on family is this person actually going to be like you know I didn't notice a difference and this is completely inaccurate whereas the family is maybe just playing nice like no it's totally awesome you should do it um so yeah offering those services to some non-family member and I was actually working out of my basement at that time so to bring somebody I didn't know into my house down into my basement I'm like self-conscious like oh my god I hope they don't think I'm gonna kidnap them either <laughs> they think you're really crazy at that point yeah, huh I know so it was uh it was a really nerve-wracking time you know those first couple clients you know working out of my basement that first year um it, it was a time to really build confidence <laughs> and how is that progressed you're now into your own place now so obviously it's something is working um kind of what were some of the things that gave you that confidence you know to go hey like I want to go get an office now and some more overhead and really start to expand this returning clients the fact that they came back to have another session in my basement saying you know this is actually something really good I want to make a habit of getting Reiki done like I feel so much better when I leave here 
um, the fact that they were able to overlook my meager <laughs> space that I had and, you know, were just in it for my services and the fact that they were actually spreading the word and telling other people and I was getting more clients through word of mouth. That's the point where I was like, you know, I can actually make this work. I need to get into my own space because, you know, I'm sure people were scared off. I mean, there were some that weren't and some that were like, I'm never going to that lady's basement again. So I had to get out um, and get more professional space. And yeah, I mean, it worked. So what's the stigma in the public? You know, when people ask like what you do and you like, do you tell them like, Hey, I'm a psychic medium. Like, how do you describe it? And kind of what has been kind of the stereotypes around some of that? And is that something that you even care about anymore? I, I definitely still care about it. And it's hard to explain to people because you don't know their stance on it right away. Like they'll just ask the question and you aren't sure if they're like interested or trying to like accuse you of something or like kind of run you down, prove you wrong, so to speak. Um, and, you know, here in the lacrosse area, it's not a very big thing yet. I mean, there's still a lot of really religious people around here who aren't open to those kinds of things. And I mean, it's been difficult getting community involvement um, and kind of explaining what I do. And I still struggle with the best way to put what I do because it's such a broad range and it's difficult to explain to somebody who has no idea um, exactly what holistic means and what it means to be a psychic and what the heck is Reiki. So it's a you, challenge. You grew up in a religious family. Was that something that was accepted by your immediate family, you know, kind of, you know, so you say like, we're a very religious town here. And so they might not necessarily be open as much to those things that you do. Um, what was that like inside your family and the extended family? Um, in my own family, like my grandparents and my parents, um, it was pretty well accepted, especially on my dad's side, because they all had some of those same kind of tendencies that I had. Um, with energy healing and things like that. And they were more aware of it, even though they never really practiced with it at all. I mean, they knew there was something to it, so they did support me. Um, you know, over on my mom's side, it's still a little weird. Um, I got called a witch doctor by my cousin. <laughs> um, and I was like, not, that's not quite the word for it. Sorry. Um, but it, it's been hit and miss with some of my more religious um, family and extended family. So how do you take that? Maybe not just even with your family, but you know, from maybe people close to you or people that you don't know that kind of look at you differently. It, it's just kind of water off a duck's back for me now. Um, because I do what I do and some people I help and heal and they want to come back and they truly do believe in what I'm doing just like I do. And others, they're going to doubt me. I mean, you have that with any kind of business, I guess. Um, but passionate about and want to do. But the community's not ready for that yet. So it's hard to get clients because I'm competing with so many other people. Um, but I've actually recently taken a new approach. Instead of competing with everybody in the area, I'm trying to collaborate with them. Um, so I've actually got four or five other businesses that I meet with and talk to regularly. Um, you know, we'll host classes at each other's places. We do slightly different things, but overall it's, you know, very similar. So I'm, I'm trying to bring the community together more to collaborate instead of compete. Do you think it's an education issue or like an acceptance issue at this point? I think it's a bit of both because 
A, you have the people who don't want to accept it as something that exists. And B, um, before I got started in 2017, I had no idea that there were other Reiki businesses even in the area. I thought I was doing something completely unique. And then I started researching when I actually wanted to open up my business. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like 10 other places here that do this. I had no idea that there was a community. So I, I think it's a bit of both. And so you talk about that collaboration. Um, has that been like, are other businesses pretty open to that? Or is it like, no, like I'm competing with you. Like, I don't really want to work with you. It's, it's hit and miss again. I mean, <laughs> so much of this business is hit and miss. Um, a lot of the bigger ones who have, you know, a thousand followers on Facebook and um, have these really big, nice spaces don't want to collaborate because they're like, we have everything that we need. We don't need you. Um, but the other ones who you know, still do it part-time just like I do and don't have a huge client base are like, yeah, let's collaborate. Like, let's do this and grow together. Um, so those are kind of the ones that I target when I do want to collaborate is, you know, working with some of the smaller people and we can help each other out. What has been one of the most rewarding things of what you do? Oh, there's so many. I mean, it. <laughs> I think that's why I took this is because, I mean, every interaction that I have with the client can be rewarding. Every interaction that I have with collaborating with somebody can be rewarding. Um, but I guess just, you know, post-session with a client going through um, the Reiki session or the reading and just kind of debriefing and seeing what they experienced and how they feel about it and hearing how they're like, yeah, I'm definitely coming back. This was amazing. Um, hearing that I'm definitely coming back um, really gets me. So we were talking before we kind of came on here, um, you know, th something that I struggled with um, just opening my business, you know, kind of a young entrepreneur didn't, didn't really know a whole lot about what other people were offering and doing, um, which is pricing and charging people and going through these services that, you know, to us may seem minor, seem easy or, you know, but that's what we do and going like, hey, this is, this is how much I want to charge for you. How did you come up with your pricing structure? How did you um, kind of determine the whole business plan as far as having actual clients? Um, I actually just looked up what other people in the area were charging um, or similar sized cities and just kind of see what the going rate was for my services. And then I took $10 off. <laughs> Because, A, I was just getting started. I didn't have the client base. I had to have some kind of edge. Um, and I was scared to charge too much for my services just in case they weren't as good as everybody else's because I didn't know. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of anxiety with, am I even good enough to charge what everybody else is charging? So I did start out lower. Um, but after a year, year and a half, I did raise my prices back up to that average in the area of what people are charging um, for related stuff, so. How do you deal with those that are wanting services for free? You know, and again, as a young entrepreneur, it's something that I struggle with. You know, everybody's always asking for something. Everybody kind of wants to, you know, want, not necessarily take advantage, but you know, they want the in, they want the deal. Um, how is that, how do you deal with something like that? Yeah, I mean, and it's hard because like I do run deals where I'm like, hey, register to win and get this for free. And like people see that I give stuff away for free, but it's like, you know, I carefully plan like how much I can give away. So to just give you something for free and 
what's hard is like a lot of people don't understand like they'll see me face to face like we're sitting at a table right now talking you know not in my business but like hey can I just get a reading right now like they don't understand what the trouble is like I can just spit it out right um but I mean I still have I still want to be my own person and I don't always want to be working so you know I say schedule an appointment we'll talk about it you know and just kind of direct them towards the business like I'm a person now not the psychic medium like I still need my own life um, is kind of how I present it because I don't always want to be like giving people readings and walking down the street like you see people on TV who do that kind of stuff I'm like I could not do that and just rattle off stuff like oh this person died and they're trying to talk to you like no I mean a that's really weird for the poor person you just like pulled aside but b like no <laughs> is that something that like if you wanted to you could like do you have a hard time turning it off sometimes or are there moments that like you do struggle with kind of that your own identity yeah um it it's not easy to turn off and ignore um, especially when there is a message that really wants to come through, um, like a child who needs to come through for a parent and give a message. And it's hard to say no, but, you know, I have set those boundaries over and over and over and it's happening, happening less and less. Um, but at the beginning it was hard to control. And at that point too, I did kind of want to give the readings just as validation for myself that I'm right. Um, so just starting out, I, I did tend to give out free stuff more often, but now I've set those boundaries for myself. I'm like, I can't be a successful business person if I'm just giving all this stuff away for free. And it's hard because it, it literally doesn't cost me anything to give the person across the table from me a reading, but it does drain my energy and it is hard on me mentally and emotionally, especially, you know, whatever messages come through, if it is something that's really emotional. I mean, I will break down crying. I, I channel what these people are feeling they'll make me sick. Like I'll get nauseous if, you know, they were nauseous or something. So, I mean, it's hard on my body, but. Yeah, and you're at the end of the day, you're a business owner, do it, providing a service exactly. to make a profit. And I think people need to understand that, especially with small business, that if you're giving everything away for free, you can't just turn around and tell your landlord where you rent from like, Hey, I just did all this free work. Like, how about you give me the room for free right? as well? <laughs> Um, you know, and so I think a lot of people, a lot of people struggle mm -hmm. with that. Um, where do you see the future for, for the business going? Like, what do you, what goals do you have where, you know, and again, it's kind of the cliche, like five year plan, but, um, where do you see it going and, and where do you, where do you envision it being in the future? Yeah. I always envisioned kind of a slow growth plan for my business. I knew I would have to keep a full-time job. You know, it wasn't going to be something that exploded because all the businesses in the areas are still really small. And I knew I wasn't going to be full time at any, you know, any recent point. So um, just understanding slow growth, just kind of chugging along and maintaining what I do. I mean, for a business like mine, that's a reasonable expectation. You know, some big tech company, obviously, like base it off your business, how fast you need to grow it and how much energy you need to put into it. But understanding that for mine, it's slow growth. Um, but really my goal ultimately in the future, maybe 20 years from now, um, when I could actually quit my full-time job, when I don't need the insurance and stuff like that, um, because that's hard here in America, <laughs> being a small business owner, no insurance. Um, but I would 
actually like to open up more of, for lack of a better word, I haven't named it yet, but like a psychic university where, you know, I've been collaborating with all these businesses for years at this point, right? And say, hey, you know, I'd like a yoga instructor under me and we'll certify people in yoga and do these yoga classes. And I'd like somebody who does astrology readings to teach astrology classes and, you know, train these people. So, you know, we can just have like this all in one stop shop for holistic stuff in Wisconsin. Um, I actually know there's a couple places in other states that do this and they offer online classes. So to be able to put that stuff online and we can, you know, do it nationally or globally or whatever and, you know, bring in these people. So eventually I would like to expand, um, but I think I need to establish my business, my contacts before I can even make that happen. Where does that kind of that gold come from? Because that's kind of, you know, it's not just building your own personal brand and your own personal business. It's you wanting to leave a legacy on kind of the holistic community. Um, where do the, where do those dreams come from? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. I just, I feel like that's what I'm called to do, I guess, is bring this information to the world. Um, I struggled a lot with my own education in the field and I, I really wish I would have had mentors or, earlier on in my life and been able to kind of control, you know, my abilities at that point, because when you're young and you don't know what you're doing, it's hard. Like you see ghosts and it's scary. Like, you know, picture the people going on ghost hunts like that's what my life was like. Um, but you know, once you actually learn how to deal with that stuff, it, it makes it a lot easier. So I think to provide that to whoever needs it, um, you know, at a reasonable price and get them all of the resources and mentors and, whatever they need to be successful, whether it's opening a business or just living their daily life like a normal person, um, I think is really important to me because that's what I experienced. That's what I was going to ask. If that comes from kind of your childhood and not knowing, not knowing exactly what's going on, not knowing the thoughts, not having anybody to turn to. Um, do you think there's quite a few others out there that struggle with the same thing that maybe just never find out and everybody thinks they're crazy and won't listen to them and everything? Oh, yeah. I would say a good chunk of the population probably has some degree of abilities, but has no idea what to do with it or where to turn. Um, so they either turn it off or just kind of live and deal with it. Um, and then to actually be able to offer somebody like, hey, if you've ever experienced this, like we can help. Like there's something you can do with it. And, you know, whether you want to make a business out of it or not, you know, just kind of learn how to manage it. You know, we can help. Was there, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs or are you kind of the first to have the idea to start your own business and want to do your own thing? Um, yeah, there's been a few actually in my family, aunts and uncles and such, um, who own their own businesses. Um, my uncle is a freelance photographer. Um, you know, my other uncle, he owns an electrical company. So, um, I've kind of been around, you know, the whole entrepreneur kind of thing and even freelance, um, work is, I mean, that's hard, right? Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I've seen it, but it wasn't necessarily something that I was ever like, I thought about doing until I actually realized I had the skill set for it. If you wanted to, you know, you have an audience kind of listening to kind of describe what it is, you know, you talk about educating, you know, so when you look at a psychic medium, what are some of the services and like, kind of what do those, what do those even mean? Um, 
services that like a psychic medium can offer would be like the spirit communication. So, I mean, everybody's heard of like Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium, um, where she'll communicate with people who have passed on. Um, I mean, there's people who do animal communication. I have a cousin who's phenomenal at animal communication um, and does that for her business. Um, there's people who use their psychic abilities kind of like I do for Reiki and like intuitive healers and things like that. Um, astrologers, palm readers, um, tarot card readers. I mean, there's a whole list of things that people with those psychic abilities can actually do and offer as services. So, so you've expanded your business kind of through the years into some different things, you know, the, the oils, the different readings. Is it something that you're always kind of dabbling in some, you know, maybe a different segment of the holistic community to see if like hey like i i do have this ability or you know kind of explain to me or or to everybody how it is that you expand your business and know what to get into i know you as kind of you know the rock person you're really big on the rocks um you know how do you know like what else what other abilities that you have experimentation um and like the collaboration and working with other people um, I didn't really know about rocks or crystals until I went to a local rock shop and was talking to the owner who's also an intuitive and psychic um, and she kind of helped guide me towards you know what would help me um, I've actually kind of picked up stuff and dropped it with the business um, I had CBD for a while and I'm starting to get out of that because there's so many CBD shops opening up and now my little rinky-dink store which was one of the first in the area isn't getting the attention because I don't have the regular store hours. So I'm, I'm kind of letting that go and setting my sights on other things. Like um, right now I'm looking into getting certified in to be a Tai Chi instructor. Um, I went to a few Tai Chi like short classes just for kind of the experience and I loved it. Um, and it, I felt like it really related well to the Reiki that I do because a lot of it, you know, it's like free motion and you know, standing up yoga, but a little bit of like martial arts and gosh, I like hitting things. <laughs> um, so I think just kind of experimenting with the different things that's out there, um, getting services from other people, you know, instead of competing, you know, saying, hey, I kind of want to see what you do. You know, is it something that I like? And, you know, I mean, there's the whole like stepping on toes and I'm going to offer this as a service now that I know that I like it. But you know, it, it's what happens. It's the business world. If people want to know more about what it is that you do, want to schedule an appointment, where can they find you? Um, you can log on um, to Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page, Amber and Amethyst. I have a website, amberandamethyst.com. Um, Google, I, my business is up on Google. Um, just type in a search anywhere, Amber and Amethyst, and I'll probably show up. <laughs> so. What is Amethyst? <laughs> amethyst is a purple gemstone um it usually grows in a geode it's kind of like quartz so but and why, why really did you pretty. pick is it because it started with a <laughs> there's a whole lot of factors it was all these signs that were like your business name needs to be amber and amethyst because a my name is amber amber is also a type of crystal it's not technically a rock it's a tree resin but it's classified you know as a crystal basically um, amethyst is my birthstone and purple is my favorite color. Um, 
so combining the amber and amethyst and it made like a really nice color scheme too like a purple and a gold and it looked beautiful and I'm like ah oh, this is it I mean it was the stars just aligned and that was my business name well perfect I appreciate you taking the time to join us on be epic uh this today um and obviously best of luck to you in the future um and you know again if anybody's interested in um, scheduling anything with Amber, check her out on Facebook, on Google, um, give her a call, send her a message, um, plenty of ways uh, to just experience it is, what it is that she does, um, and who knows, maybe it's something that will be able to help you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you could just do me a favor and like, share, rate, review this podcast, um, it just really would help me out.